0: Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this Easter weekend here, this chilly Easter weekend, but it's getting a little bit warmer. It's funny watching the news, the KTVZ News or Co Daily News. It's like... The weathermen are sort of beaten down by this weather too, Uh, and so. But someday, we'll. uh, I'll be complaining about the heat, although I don't complain about the heat nearly as much as I do about the cold. Um, So this is uh, what you know. I like to talk about market volatility and give perspective to it because people get. People get wrapped around things that are are unimportant, and, and instead of thinking about the fundamentals of the businesses that make up the stock market, they think of the stock market as some separate, living, breathing thing. And Josh and I had some people in the office uh, last week that we were meeting with, and we talked about you know the market. People would be better off if the market only opened up for a week a year, because the hard part about markets is that uh, they can be really irrational over short periods of time. Uh, every market valuation is a number from today, multiplied by a story about tomorrow, and the stories change much faster than the numbers. So think about that, especially when you think about technology stocks. Most to talk, now, the valuation of most technology stocks, up until the end of 2021, was based on a story, not based on fundamentals, because most of these companies were burning through cash like crazy. Yes, they were, might have been growing at really quick, fast rates, and, and that's, uh, of course, important. But it was still about a story a decade away, and 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 so um, the fundamentals weren't changing nearly as fast as the stories were changing. And I and I make the analogy uh, if let's say here in Bend, Oregon. Uh, you you were taking Josh's dog, which has a lot more energy than my dog, for a walk, and you had a leash that was 30 feet long, and you're walking through Drake Park, and you're walking along the path that is in Drake Park, and Do- Josh's dog is running all over the place, you know, left, right, up, down. Uh, that's the market, but you, at the end, of, other end of the leash, would be earnings and the fundamentals of of the economy and earnings. And guess what? You and the dog are eventually going to get to the same place. The dog just went all over the place, and that's stock prices. But ultimately, stocks are going to be – the value of a company is going to be based on its future earnings, right? And and so instead of focusing on that, people focus on the dog. Just focus on the earnings over time growing, and guess what? The stock price will get to the same place as earnings get in the future, (laughs) just like the dog gets to the same place the owner gets, right? They both get in
2: the same car. Remember what uh, ZERP, 0% interest rates, did to equities and it was more like what can we sell where can we find a bigger idiot to sell the dog to of
1: course josh and i <laughs> made the huge mistake of not taking our company public because we because based on our earnings you know we actually had positive earnings we could have uh, sold our, our company for something like 25 billion dollars like the valuation
2: the biggest idiot possible to sell <laughs> my dog
1: to <laughs> Which my well, wife? Would, I think your wife wants wife you to do would that anyway. <laughs> <sell the dog. laughs> Josh got a text. Uh, this is a funny story. Josh got a text from his wife uh, recently that said, "On a scale of one to ten, I like your dog a one right now." <laughs> <laughs> Not our dog. Your dog. Yeah, your dog. Sorry. Well, no, that's what you said, but I just thought it was funny because it, yeah. it was actually her dog. But oh, wow. Well. Yeah. So, uh, and before we talk about um, a phased retirement, I did want to talk about. Uh, Uh, Something that I think is really important to think about as it relates to history. Because studying history, no matter what field you're in, can tell you a lot about the future. Because human beings, we don't change as much as we like to think we do. Um, And so once in a while you come across something that's really interesting. And this comes from a guy named Neil Ford, F-O-A-R-D. There's a YouTube video on this. And it's an important lesson he learned from his dad. Uh, Ford tells a story about how as a teenager he read a business book. And he couldn't wait to share the revelations with his father. Yet when he eventually did, his father... He was surprised by his father's response instead of heaping praise on the book's brilliant insights his father said do yourself a favor read old books as opposed to these how-to manuals what you're going to discover is that anything in them that is still true today will be true forever ford took his father's advice and started reading books that had been published many years earlier in doing so he learned a valuable lesson Earlier than most, in Ford's words, he said, "Human beings don't change. It's the same sad, silly mistakes and ridiculous comedy of existence back then as it is now." And so, you know, we we have iPhones, we have all this stuff, but the reality is, human nature doesn't change very much. Uh, and so, learning the lessons that humankind has learned—I mean, the behavior when we gave free money to people in Rome. Uh, all those years ago, they did stupid things with it, just like they're doing today. And so the behavior, that's why sort of reading uh, old books about, you know, whether it be tulip mania or railroad mania or all the different things we've seen in the the world uh, can tell you a lot about the future. Because again, human beings, we don't change as much as we like to think we do. Uh, And so take that. A uh, bit of advice. So, so one of the things that we talk to our clients a lot about, especially those approaching retirement, especially those of you that are have a job that you might not like or it's a, a bit of a grind, is a phased retirement. And so, what do I mean by that? You know, so if you have a job that you don't like doing very much, maybe you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to retire from this career that I've had, but I'm still going to work. And, and I'm going to work maybe doing something that I like. I'm going to work maybe seasonally. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to contribute back more. My job is going to be more meaningful, whatever it might be. Uh, so you're still working and you're pulling less from your retirement assets, which can certainly give you more time uh, and can change your retirement materially. And, and when I say materially, like, has a huge impact. Especially if you're under sixty five and you're working and still getting health insurance, that can be a huge game changer from a cost base cost standpoint um, but the reason I also say this is because when you look at the labor market today uh, and let's say you're over sixty years old, we really need you badly if you're over sixty i mean you show up for work every day and you're not hung over and you're, and you don't go on lunch breaks and and smoke dope. Like we need your generation. You you have the knowledge,
2: knowledge, skills, and expertise that is in, in very short supply. You are a very desired laborer.
1: Yeah. Because, because of all, you know, like, so for example, my mother, um, sort of re- retired from you know the day to day grind but continued to work and continues to work in jobs that um, are you know less taxing less stressful and the funny thing is about all these places that this generation they go work at those places keep trying to promote them, you know, and they, and then they eventually potentially end up in their original position as a manager. And so, so don't let them promote, just say, look, this isn't what this is about. I'm I'm not trying to raise up through the ranks here. I'm not trying to recreate what I left. Um, but the, the, the important thing is, is that, um, it can have a huge impact. So, you know, we sort of say to our clients, look, I get that you want to retire. You don't like what you do anymore or you're, you're over it. You might be a nurse or a teacher or whatever it is. And it's just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die of a heart attack. And and we understand that. But it's so weird that people think that it's sort of an all or nothing decision. And that's not it. You know, if you think about, okay, I'm going to work. If in Central Oregon, for example, I'm going to work, let's say at the mountain in the wintertime, and I'm going to do something in the summertime. And then I'm going to travel in the shoulder season, right? The spring and the fall. Uh, and, And the reason that that works great for a lot, you know, you can't travel 12 months a year. So, you know, there's only so much resources and time. Um, you know, you're traveling when all the kids are back in school and it's not crazy in Europe and all the places that you want to go. And so uh, there's so many reasons uh, to continue to work. The other thing I'd tell you is that, you know, uh, we've had clients that, you know, they retire and they call us up six months or a year after they retire and they say, I'm going back to work. And we're like, well, why are you going back to work? And it's like, because I wake up every day and I've done all the things I'm going to do by 10 in the morning and I'm on the couch drinking beer and eating peanuts. and, And so that's not good. And so you know th- 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 there's again a lot that you can contribute but it keeps your brain healthier well, it keeps there's your this, body healthier it just fine everything line, is better
2: fine line between purpose and obligation and uh, you know look so many people especially the ones that grinded throughout the duration of their career that, that was your identity and you need a purpose ultimately and uh, our clients that have, whether it's even non, non-compensated non employment in the form of volunteering or whatever else it, it gives them a purpose and a reason to live and you can see it, it, you know, anecdotally, like we get to watch the outcome of the people that actually have a purpose and it, it's definitely better for their health, both mentally and physically.
1: Yeah. And you know what, if you play golf every single day, eventually that's going to feel like a job too. <laughs> it becomes so. an obligation. Yeah. So, All right. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, your asset allocation, your state plan, whatever's important to you, we can talk about. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled. The number here, 800-743-0988, or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. We come back We're going to talk about the inflation protection benefits of delaying taking Social Security. So stick around.
0: Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
3: I'll get a workout in at the fitness center tomorrow. Maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool.
0: It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar.
3: Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go
2: shopping in Bend on Saturday Sunday. Read a book on the deck. And after an active
0: day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort style one, two, or three bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and my
2: fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments,
3: the best of resort living. Hello, hello, this is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. I am here today to ask, why wait? Why wait to get your camping and festival gear all tuned up and ready to go? Check out your fun provision stash today and see what needs a fill up. You got incense, friend? Cosmic Depot does. Is that tapestry looking a little fraught? The Cosmic Depot has a rainbow of beautiful cotton tapestries waiting to join your party. Come on into the Cosmic Depot and spice up your spring and summer fun to come. Find a cute new frock or a signature scent, a sparkling new pendant and matching earrings. Get a mini piece flag to state your intent and put your boogie face forward, ready to greet your days when you shop at Cosmic Depot. At the Cosmic Depot, we celebrate you dancing life in your special way and embracing your tune seven days a week from 10 to 6 at 342 Northeast
4: Clay Bend. more daylight
3: hours means Ben's factory stores will be open for more shopping time Monday through Saturday 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. the Bend factory stores have all your favorite brands for outdoor adventures drop by and see what great finds are in store for you at Eddie Bauer Pendleton Nike and Columbia individual store hours may vary please check our social media for the latest info and deals smart shoppers start at the Bend factory stores South Highway 97
4: because everyone needs an outlet
0: Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes.
1: Welcome back to Financial Focus. Thanks for joining us on this Easter weekend here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we appreciate you spending some of that weekend with us. As always, if you have a question or a comment for us, give us a call. 877 7117 or email us by going to our website. Uh, NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. As we try to mention good books uh, occasionally on the show, and i mentioned this in the past, but it's worth revisiting. And I guess he just wrote a new book, but Morgan Housel, who we quote often and use for a lot of content on our radio show, Housel spelled H-O-U-S-E-L. He wrote a great book called The Psychology of Money, Timeless Lessons on Wealth, Greed, and Happiness, um, I would highly recommend it. He's really one of the sort of, you know, Josh and I have figured out that there's three content creators in the world that create uh financial new financial ideas. And <laughs> this guy is probably one of them. And what's amazing about him is um, he, he's really young and he's uh, very thoughtful and insightful. And so again, the book is called the psychology of money, Morgan Housel timeless lessons on wealth, greed, and happiness.
2: Twitter is an echo chamber where, uh, Theft. <clears throat> rampant rampant content theft gets amplified across channels. And, they're, and they're, no credit is given. Very, yes, very few original uh content creators and the game is figuring out who they are. Morgan Housel <laughs> is one we we think. We're not and even sure. some of these large uh t- large Twitter content creators are in fact just thieving from
1: con- from uh little Bless accounts that known, are a fiftieth
2: yeah. or a hundredth their
1: size. Um, so there was a really good uh, video on YouTube last week, but but from a center from, uh, Oklahoma and Janet Yellen, it, it, it came on YouTube last week, but it was, it was right when the banking crisis started. And, um. And, you know, it's really interesting because, again, Josh and I talked about when the Silicon Valley Bank collapse happened, if Silicon Valley Bank had been in Kansas or Iowa or, or, or Oklahoma, um, the, they, they wouldn't have stepped in. No, you know, the bank would have failed, just like uh, happened when we had oil go negative and, and some banks in Texas failed. And so, uh, you know, I guess it helps to be politically connected. But the 25 Biggest U.S. banks um, gained $120 billion in deposits in just a couple of days right after Silicon Valley banks collapsed. All banks below the level, below that level, lost $108 billion over that same 3-day period. It was the largest weekly drawdown in smaller banks on record. And so what it comes down to is if you're on the Federal Reserve's preferred list, uh, they'll bail you out. I mean, like, you just have to make sure as a depositor, you that's where you keep your money. Um, and so... The problem, again, is we're socializing losses in this country, but the Fed, the central bank, and the Treasury gets to decide. They literally get to decide who is systemically important to the U.S. economy. And if you are systemically important, you get bailed out. Um, So if you have your money at a small bank in Oklahoma or a small bank in Oregon, and the Fed says, you know what? This bank isn't systemically important, meaning the economy would survive if this bank fails – Guess what? If you have money over two hundred fifty thousand at that bank, you're not going to get bailed out. But if you have four hundred million at Silicon Valley Bank, which is way above the FDIC insurance, and you, because that bank is so-called systemically important, you get bailed out. Now, my question is: is you know, so that's supposedly capitalism and a free market? Of course not. Um, and, and so the other thing that's quite interesting: you look at some of these banks that got bailed out. There was overseas money and the CCP. You know, China uh, had money there, and so the Chinese are going to get bailed out in this case by yes. It
2: gets really nefarious tax tax because it, you're talking about systemically important people is ultimately the determination that yeah. was made. Yeah, so
1: we're picking winners, losing their. And then
2: you know, when you get really down into the nitty gritty on that one, it's like the coven- the loan covenants for a lot of the venture capitalists there tied these startups to actually have their banking done there, which in turn the VCs that mandated that to happen got advantageous spreads on loans from the from Silicon Valley
1: Bank i mean it's just Well the employees were tied their, when you, their compensation was tied to the stock price. You it,
2: unravel this one it just does it's not a good look. Well for anyone.
1: the other hard part of it for me is like the, the, yes those little regional banks in Oklahoma and Oregon and Iowa they're paying into that FDIC insurance pool that is where this, a lot of this money is going to come from and not in any way benefiting from this web of <laughs> Of, uh, it's just,
2: yeah, it's it's, it's not, not good. good Is it, it,
1: all, all of you that are angry about it? You you, if you really knew the truth, you'd be more angry than you can imagine. The <laughs>
2: symptoms of this stuff, though, are these far right and far left total. You know, if it revolts in some in these different versions of political populism that. Neither of them are good ultimately for the foundation of this country,
1: yeah, because we 're socializing losses and privatizing gains, and that 's a really unhealthy thing to do okay but but, the, but then you have the actors like
2: David Sachs that are you know are politically very right out there talking their book and advocating for this stuff to happen because what 's the downside for him it's yeah there 's not even a it's not even a political thing. It's more just like a socioeconomic. As close as you can get to government actors, then, then you get too big to fail. the get the, the money. That's, get the the money ultimate, Josh. that's the ultimate victory.
1: Get the money. Okay, uh, let's talk about the inflation protection benefits of deferring taking Social Security. So, uh, you know, the first thing we should tell you is that uh, every forgetting the cost of living adjustments, that the the big ones that we've had the last two years that Social Security has given to uh, beneficiaries of the Social Security uh plan, every year you wait past 62 to take Social Security, you get an 8% increase in your income, which is a big, big increase. And so the difference between 62 and 70, uh, which is, the you know, you don't want to wait past 70, um, you're going to get essentially a 75% increase in your monthly payments. And so that alone, waiting to take Social Security based on that alone, has a huge impact. And we you know, we got the trustees report uh, from Social Security saying that Social Security is going to run on money in 2033. Um, and are, they're going to have to cut benefits starting in 20, 30, 2033. I wouldn't really hold my breath on that, but let's assume that's true. Even if that's true, It still makes sense for those of you that haven't taken social security to wait because not only are you going to get the increase of the 8% in income by waiting every year, the cost of living adjustment goes on top of that. So think about that from a compounding standpoint is there's every year, there's a cost of living adjustment that the people that are taking social security benefits get, and that brings up the base for everybody. But then there's also the 8% increase that would exist from you waiting. And so, The strategy that we tell people in our practice to implore is that, okay, if you're going to retire early, don't take social security, use your retirement assets, To supplement the money that you would normally be getting from social security to delay taking your social security to keep increasing your guaranteed income that you're going to get from the federal government, um, knowing that when you do take social security, you're going to reduce the amount you're taking from your retirement assets by the amount of your social security check Uh, and, and to us. That is a no-brainer. Now, a lot of people, what happens when we hit a bear market and they're nervous about taking so much from their retirement assets, remember, the reason to do this is you can always change your mind. It's not like it's set in stone and you have to wait to 70. You can say, you know what? I'm good, I'm gonna start at 68, I'm gonna start at 69. It's always
2: a lever that you kind of keep in your back pocket to pull, and if a 2008 happens, it's a lever that you inevitably may have to pull earlier than you anticipated, but the point is, and the key is, is that you're giving yourself optionality.
1: And it's it's also important that for those of you that are saving that want to do this strategy, you need a taxable account. You need an after-tax account um, because taking from that will you'll have a lot less tax liability to get you to that to get you to that. So the reasoning payment.
2: behind that is you're going to already have a relatively high distribution rate that you're placing on your retirement accounts. So when those foreseeable one-time expenses come up, they need to come from somewhere other than the retirement account you're already placing a high distribution burden on. Because that's taxes, ordinary
1: income. Otherwise, it's going to spiral into a very low terminal retirement account value. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month to get added to that list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Just send, me, send us an email list and know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list. When we come back, we're going to answer the question, do you need to create a trust? Stick around.
0: Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or northwestquadrantwealth.com.
4: Did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds, who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888. 877-4894. 877 This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Hi, it's Mike talking with Highlight Homes customers Abdullah and Ashley. Abdullah, which floor plan did you and Ashley choose? We chose the model <laughs> two, three, four, five. We really wanted a, a wraparound porch. So when you start the process, you envision how it's gonna be. Now that it's built, how does the real home stack up with what was in your head? It turned out more beautiful than what we actually saw in on the website. We added a lot more windows cause we love sunlight. So, you know, being able to see everywhere was important to us. It's kind of everything we dreamed of. This is what I would probably write down or plan out without realizing it. I love this house. Abdullah, what's your favorite part of your brand new Highline home? Having a second floor for the kids upstairs, but yeah. the master downstairs, because our dream is when we grow old in this home, we'll have to go upstairs. <laughs> All right. For floor plans, virtual tours, and more, go to HighlineHomes.com, H-I-L-I-N-E Homes.com, Oregon CCB 181069.
5: Highline
4: Homes, on your lot on time, Bill right.
0: I thought learning a language would be too much work. Then I discovered Babbel. They make learning fun. J'aime Babbel.
3: Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes, quick and easy. And soon, you turn and realize, hey, I'm starting to speak another language. How'd that happen?
4: My friend from Italy said my accent and pronunciation is perfect. It's because Babbel's lessons are designed by language teachers and voiced by real native speakers. Each lesson is like living in another country for 15 minutes.
3: I love that there's all kinds of ways to learn. Babbel's podcasts, your games, or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher.
4: You learn words and phrases you actually use in real conversations. In three weeks, I
3: was starting to speak in another language. So easy!
0: If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. Go to Babbel.com
5: to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. If you've been injured in an accident and need cash now before your case settles, Oasis Financial can help. Last month, Oasis helped over 3,000 people. Why not you? If you have an attorney, call Oasis Financial today at 877-266-9107. It takes just three minutes to apply. And once you're approved, get five hundred dollars to $100,000 of your settlement in as little as 24 hours, with no risk to you. That's right. Get five hundred dollars to $100,000 within one day. If you lose your case, you don't have to pay Oasis back, ever. So call Oasis today to see if you qualify at 877-266-9107. That's 877-266-9107. Better days start today. Get the cash you need. Call OASIS today at 877-266-9107. OASIS is currently not providing legal funding in Arkansas, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, North Dakota, or West Virginia.
0: The mission is clear. Give honest, transparent analysis and actionable advice every week. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter.
1: Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, My name is Tyler Simonis, that feller over there. He is Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Thanks for spending some of your Easter weekend with us. So it's crazy to see uh, the risk on trade that is happening so far. Uh, this year, this is through the first quarter, so the end, through the end of March the returns and it 's the the riskiest of the risky that have seemed to have traded higher bitcoin is up uh, was up seventy percent in the first quarter it 's crazy to see and a lot of that obviously has to do with what 's gone on in the banking sector and people feeling like I guess that crypto is safe and um, and the The funny thing about crypto, especially as it relates to Bitcoin. In the scheme of a market, so when you think about how big the US stock market is or how big the US bond market, crypto is relatively small. So. It doesn't take a tremendous amount of money to make it trade higher or lower. And so that's why relatively small amounts of money can have huge impacts on the price of crypto one direction or another. And I guess that's the bull argument for a lot of these people is that, you know, once real money starts to come in, it'll legitimize it and then it's going to go to a million. Uh, time will tell, I guess. Uh, ARK Innovation, which is the Kathy Wood, you know, the poster child for the zero interest rate policy was up 30 percent in the first quarter nasdaq 100 was up 21 percent. gold obviously has seen a big move up eight percent the s p was up seven percent so what's funny too is when you look at the 20-year treasury bond was up seven percent which for uh the bo- that bond is a huge move but you know that comes on the heels of a just disastrous year last year from a price perspective so here's what i'm here's why i'm bringing it up i'm not buying this rally Time, I guess, will tell, but when I think about higher interest rates and a slowing economy, this is the very part of the economy that's going to suffer the most. The part has done the best. But this is the the market saying that they think the Fed is going to start to cut interest rates, and we're going to go back to easy money again. The
2: speculator just has a job and is – And it's just front running what they believed to be the ultimate policy.
1: But a lot of these speculators have their whole life has been zero interest rates or close to zero interest rates. We're taking risks made sense. And uh, what they don't understand is a normalized rate environment. What that looks like from an investment perspective is very different. Uh, So there is a study done. um, The Employment Benefits Research Institute, believe it or not, that is a thing they looked at. Thirteen million health savings accounts, and so f- for those of you that don 't know a health savings account is if you have a high deductible health insurance plan, you can also attach a health savings account to that where um, you know as a family you can contribute uh, thirty five hundred or seventy five hundred bucks a year seventy three hundred bucks a year, and then h- half of that if you 're an individual um, and and you can use that when you get to retirement uh, for, uh, retire for healthcare needs in retirement. So, you know, premiums, I mean, they were set up originally to use the, you know, for, for out-of-pocket expenses, um, ongoing, you know, so you put the money in and then you'd use it for, for healthcare expenses that were out of pocket because you had a high deductible plan. And then hopefully you would have some money saved over at the end of the year. I will tell you, I max it out every single year in January. Um, and I invest that money exactly how I invest the rest of my retirement assets, uh, because not only I get a tax benefit when I make the contributions, one of my few benefits that I get, um, it grows tax-free. And then when I take it out, if I use it for health care expenses, it comes out tax-free. So it's my version of my Roth that I, that I can only use for um, uh, health care expenses. The one thing that we're seeing, though, is only 12% of all of the assets in HSAs, are in a money market or a savings account or some version of cash. And so you can invest these in the market just like you do the rest of your assets, but they're being um, underutilized to say to, – to that, and that's an understatement. Only 12% of them are being invested. The rest is just in cash. And so you know it's not going to grow very much. I'm hoping that when I get to retirement, my HSA uh, is going to be a few hundred thousand dollars that I'm going to be able to use on a tax-free basis – uh, for, for premiums, for, for you know, medicine, for whatever I need in, in retirement, and it's going to come out tax-free. So you have to have a high-deductible health insurance plan to, in order to use them, but they are awesome tools, and they're just not being utilized. and Mine is invested in the exact same ETFs that I have in all of my other accounts. Uh, and over time, obviously, that's done quite well. All right, should you create a trust? So you don't have to have the last name Buffett or Gates to, to need a trust. Many people think that's true, uh, but you don't need. First, Josh, can you explain, since you're the resident attorney in the office, what a trust is? <laughs> uh, wouldn't say,
2: don't, Definitely don't practice, but- uh, Well, I
1: didn't go to law school. <laughs>
2: it's just essentially a will replacement. So, uh, you know, you use the revocable living trust. So instead of directing your assets toward the, co- the court system uh, for probate, as in the case that your will would do, uh, assets go into this private entity called a trust. And uh, revocable trust is just that. It's revocable, meaning you can change the terms or amend it uh, at any time. And unlike an irrevocable trust, uh, which are a lot of family trusts, which can't be revoked, uh, it just offers you flexibility during your lifetime as the creator. And so uh, basically, you know, you use this not to avoid taxes, and that's really the big misconception uh, out there is people think, oh, a trust is something that I'm going to use to avoid taxes. Revocable living trust, the key advantages are just the avoidance of probate, uh, the avoidance of conservatorship, so you can avoid the additional cost of conservatorship if you are incapacitated. Basically, your successor trustee stands in. Uh, efficient distribution um, It reduces delays in distributing the property after you die. Uh, and confidentiality is the big one here, too. Uh, The terms of your living trust are confidential, and only your name, beneficiaries, uh, and the trustee have access to that information. And the other big one, uh, continuity of course, and this is the big one too. Uh, it just provides continuity in the management of your property, especially if you're incapacitated. There's a lot of instances that we see, where uh, you know that grantor will lose capacity, and then their successor trustee steps in, and they're not able to actually make the, those decisions, but their successor trustee can do it for them.
1: And it allows you while you're still like when you set up the trust, it allows you to. Uh, exhibit some control over what you want to have happen. So just like you would in a will. But backing up a little bit, you you know, if you're going to set up the trust, if you're going to create a trust, you are what would be called the grantor uh, or the truster. Um, So you're going to be the one that sets it up. Uh, Then you have to name a trustee. In most cases, it's going to be you. Uh, especially if it's a revocable living trust, meaning you're going to control it and probably name a successor trustee in the event you can't uh, do it, you're going to have somebody else do it. And then you're going to also name a beneficiary or beneficiaries of the trust. So you set it up, you're the grantor. Most of the cases, you're you're going to be the the trustee. You can name a third-party trustee, and then you're going to name beneficiary or beneficiaries. Uh, And in some cases, in a lot of cases, especially in a revocable living trust, those people can all be the same person and, in fact, usually are. Um, and so just n- know that, you know, if you're going to name a, a trustee, that's not you, uh, or you're going to name a successor trustee, uh, you're asking a lot of that person and, and just be uh, understand what you're asking of that person. I will disagree with Josh a little bit in that, um, can be set up to, uh, to not totally avoid taxes, but to minimize taxes, um, you know, for example, um, my, uh, in the event of my death, my wife can um, put what's set up what 's called a disclaimer trust. she can disclaim some of our assets into the disclaimer trust. Uh, thereby avo- yeah, yeah. avoiding some I'm of the tax liability. The ta- taxes will eventually need to be paid, um, but in her lifetime she can control some of the tax liability by moving some of those well, assets and, into a disclaimer And your
2: trust. revocable living trust can have a provision that allows the surviving spouse to create a disclaimer trust too. So I mean, yours just accomplishes it via the will.
1: Right. And so th- th- there is some tax benefit, um, you, there's some controlling of taxes by doing it, by doing that by setting up a trust and having an estate plan that looks a certain way. Um, as, as Josh mentioned, privacy is a big one. You know, So if your, if your estate gets probated, that becomes public information. And so for a lot of people, they want that to be private. So when you think about a trust, you set the trust up and then everything except for your retirement assets that you own, meaning your IRAs and your 401ks, goes into the trust. So think about it, when you die, your trust owns everything except for your retirement assets. So you're dying broke. So there's nothing, there's nothing that's gonna be made public because your trust essentially owns everything. Um, and so some people might set up a separate five or $10,000 account that does get probated um, so that, the, that it can be finally be settled. Because remember, claims can be med, made against trusts in perpetuity And so that's one of the the challenges uh, of having a trust is that, you know, probate, once probate happens, that settles it. Uh, But as Josh mentioned, probate takes often a lot longer, and a trust can speed all that up and keep things private, which is uh, beneficial to a lot of people. So everybody needs an estate plan, whether it's a will or a trust. Trusts are going to cost, you know, maybe two times what a will is going to cost, maybe a little more than that. Um, But, again, you don't need to be named Gates or Buffett to have – To have a trust. Um, A lot of people have them that aren't, you know, worth 50 million. All right, if you want to be part of the program, give us a call 877-670-7117, or you can always email your question or comment. If you go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we'll tackle your emails, so stick around. Get your
0: free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. to 50% and earn Coastal cash for your next purchase during the one-day sale at Coastal.
5: Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country
0: needs. Springtime weather can be unpredictable, but savings at Coastal are a sure thing. During the one-day sale this Saturday, save an additional 50% off the lowest mark prices on clearance clothing and footwear. Regular price clothing and footwear are 20% off. Most everything else is 10% off. Plus, get $10 in Coastal Cash for every $50 you spend. Starting Monday, you'll have a whole week to use that Coastal Cash on nearly anything in the store. See store for exclusions and details. Coastal Cash available in stores and redeemable in stores only. No cash value, no cash back. It's the one-day sale this Saturday at Coastal. More at CoastalCountry.com.
5: Coastal Farm
3: and Ranch. We're just what the country needs.
0: Serving Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. If your
6: construction project needs rock, a lot of rock, or a little rock, big rock, or small rock, we need to talk. We're Knife River in central Oregon. And our rock is now closer than any other rock because we recently took over the Shevelin rock pit on the west edge of town. That means we're only a stone's throw away. Close by for a quick trip to your job site. Close by for multiple trips to your job site. And our rock is your rock. Aggregate of all types, from three-quarters minus to riprap, big boulders to screen soil, you name it. We're rocking it. Knife River will deliver to your job site or load it up for you to take it away. That's our version of curbside pickup. We'll help you build a highway or a foundation or refill a sandbox. Any project, any budget. Come and get it at the new Knife River Chevlin Rock Pit on
0: Northwest
6: Skyline Ranch Road or call for delivery.
0: I thought learning a language would be too much work. Then I discovered Babbel. They make learning fun. J'aime Babbel.
3: Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes quick and easy and soon you turn and realize hey I'm starting to speak another language how'd that happen
4: my friend from Italy said my accent and pronunciation is perfect it's because Babel's lessons are designed by language teachers and voiced by real native speakers each lesson is like living in another country for 15 minutes
3: I love that there's all kinds of ways to learn. Babbel's podcasts, your games, or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher.
4: You learn words and phrases you actually use in real conversations. In three weeks, I was starting to speak
3: in another language. So easy.
0: If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com.
3: Solve Energy's Foodie Crawl, a unique pub crawl and dinner benefiting Neighbor Impact is Sunday, April 30th. Enjoy food and beverage pairings from Ben's Top Chefs and help Neighbor Impact feed 60,000
2: people monthly. Tickets and info at neighborimpact.org slash foodie crawl. That's neighborimpact.org slash foodie crawl. Sponsored by Solve Energy, Lonza Group, Windermere, Central
3: Oregon Real Estate, Uncle Bank, Cascade Natural Gas, Mutual of America Financial Group, Polish Homes, Portland General Electric, SunWest Builders, Collective, The Source Weekly, and this station.
0: Get your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant investment advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Call us today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
1: Welcome back. Call our office if you do want to get one of those free retirement reviews scheduled if you have at least 500,000 of investable assets. Uh, so this was a really interesting. Um, Wall Street Journal did a, did a survey um, and they uh, polled Americans. And, and 56% of Americans polled by the Wall Street Journal said that a four-year college degree was not worth the cost. That's a record high percentage of Americans um, what's interesting to me, um, first of all, I, since I'm in the knee deep in this, my kid's senior in high school and some, there is a lot of money out there available, uh, especially if your kid's a good student. I mean, I can't, there was a couple of schools, I went to college 20 something years ago and uh, my son, who is graduating from college this spring, there is a couple colleges out there that were willing to give him enough money that it would be cheaper for him to go to college than it was for me 27 <laughs> years ago. So, I, you know, to, to, to focus on just the cost, I'm not buying it, especially if your kid has a decent GPA uh, and is willing to, to do a little work. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because when you look at recessions in this country's history, and you look at the unemployment rates by education level. People with college degrees or past, you know, more advanced, like master, like Josh has 17 different degrees. Uh, The unemployment rate for those people is unbelievably low and stays low. And so uh, it is definitely worth, when you look at lifetime earnings, you know, not everybody's going to become Mark Zuckerberg after he drops out of Harvard. But, you know, when you look at lifetime earnings from people with advanced degrees or college degrees, uh, it's substantially higher. So, so to say that it's not worth it to me is is crazy. Especially when I am now in the thick of it and I see how much money is available to these kids. Uh, it's a arms race at these universities, and you should you know you should use that to your advantage uh, because the amount of money available through you know fast loans and all these different uh, grants, all these different things. Um, I'm not buying it. Uh, and then lastly, before we take some emails. Uh, The money supply, which is measured in M2 in this country, um, grew at a level that we had never seen after COVID. I mean, the the U.S. government, through the Federal Reserve and the Treasury, pumped the U.S. economy with money. They just flooded the system with money and liquidity. And so the money supply grew by 40% in 18 months, the fastest it ever grown. If you think about what that means, I mean, all the money that was in the United States then grew by, in 18 months, 40%. And so... If anybody wonders why there's inflation, there's your answer.
2: But it was also monetary and fiscal authorities acting in conjunction with each other. Not only did they pump the money supply, but they also... Engaged in the biggest fiscal transfers in history.
1: Yeah, yeah, but my point in bringing in this bringing this up is that money supply has reversed, and now for the first time ever, the money supply is negative. The, the you know, money is being sopped up. Money is being taken out of the system. The
2: annual three-year run rate isn't so bad. So. <laughs>
1: but I mean, I, I understand that because it was so. But the, the but that is going to be materially impactful uh, to the rate of inflation because we haven't seen this before, where money's coming out of the system out of M2. All right, uh, here we go. Let's tackle some emails. My wife and I are wondering how much money we would need to have invested so that the dividend income from a portfolio would generate us $100,000 in annual income. Bob P. here and Ben. So, Bob, uh, that is a good question. Um, It's more money than you think. Uh, So let's just use the S&P 500, for example, and let's say – it's not 2% right now, the yield in the S&P, but let's say – Historically, on average, the S&P has yielded on about 2 percent, somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 percent in form of dividend yield. Uh, So obviously, doing simple math, even my state school math can do this. Uh, In order to generate $100,000 on 2 percent dividend income, you would need $5 million of investable assets. Um, And so that's a big number, right, obviously. uh, But if you build a portfolio that includes some fixed income or some bonds – um, you're not going to need nearly as much as five million bucks to generate that hundred grand in income. But in simple math, um, and, and I think this also brings up the point that lots of financial advisors will try to build you a portfolio that is going to focus on income. And we think that. When you focus on income and investing it 's very dangerous because you start to take risks you 're not wanting to really take or you 're not understanding and too many advisors uh, will get, will try to build a portfolio that does focus on income and uh, sort of sets aside risk. We would much prefer that people focus on total return i mean one of the greatest examples I can give you is that you know if you didn 't if you said i'm never i'm not buying anything that doesn't pay a dividend well guess what you would have never owned amazon right amazon's never paid a dividend and look at what it has done Berkshire Hathaway has never paid a dividend, uh, and that's one of the best performing stocks in the market's history. And so it, it's just be, be very careful. We think that as an investor, you should be much more focused on total return. That does include some dividend income, this is always, but total return, appreciation matters too.
2: This particular question always sets off the most hate mail of all uh, or direct interaction that we get about anything. Because there's so many. No,
1: when we take on Trump, that takes. Well, <laughs> that
2: on that the top, but then this being second, because there's so many dividend oriented investors out there, and they always tell, you know, this, well, we don't care what the principal value of our portfolio <laughs> is. And it's like, you, you know, you're, you're kind of floored, like, what? It, they it, don't
1: understand the money. Isn't matter. that kind of all that matters? They don't understand the money. <laughs> yeah, so it's. Uh- yeah, no, the the, the email, or the, the whenever we take on Trump and we get uh, voicemails and emails, <laughs> That tell us that Donald Trump is like the Grateful Dead or the <laughs> Beatles. Uh, that always makes us laugh. So we'll keep those ones coming. Uh, we got an email from Raymond. Raymond doesn't say where he is. Uh, My grandson just got his first real job, in, in quotes. That's awesome. And asked me how, to, how he should prioritize paying down his student loans, creating a savings account, and investing. What is the order of priority? I don't know the exact interest rate on his debt, but I know it's relatively high.
2: Uh, refi the debt. <laughs> if if you're able to, uh, you know, the subsidized loans will be better. But uh, there's always like a, a balance between all of them is probably the best option. You don't want to Well,
1: be- the important thing is the most important thing in a financial plan. Yes, the debt's important. He, he's got to keep servicing that whether he refides it or not. But the emergency fund is the most important component in his life, like getting that established uh, so that he can do the rest of it is really, really important. So Raymond, I would say tell your grandson that he needs to have six to 12 months worth of living expenses in a money market or savings account, preferably a money market, so that he can then start to do the rest of his financial plan. Because the most important component of his financial plan going forward and for the rest of his life, not just now, will be that emergency fund. And so building that up and then for starting to prioritize the rest can be, could be really important. But, um, you know, like Josh said, because he's young, I assume um, – You know, you can't not think about, you can't be solely focused on paying down debt because you know, you need, you need to take advantage of the compounding that is so great when you're young. And so assuming you're in your early 20s, you want to start socking money away, especially if you work for a company that is a 401k and they give you a match on that 401k money. That is free money. That's, that's sort of like the second place that he needs to focus after he gets that emergency fund. I would say do, try to do both. All right. That is our show this week. Everybody out there have a great Easter. Remember, buy low, sell high. We'll see you next week.
0: Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor, and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstances, and if necessary seek professional advice.